Hi, everyone. Susie O here. Just want to let all of you know that the certificates of deposit at Alliant Credit Union are now at, for a six-month CD, 5%, a 12- to 17-month CD, 5.15%, and an 18- to 23-month CD, 4.90%. And for those amounts of $75,000 or more, just add on 0.5% to those rates. Go to myalliant.com and check it out. Susie Orman here, and you are listening to the Women in Money podcast. Now, this is not your ordinary money podcast, for there is nothing that I do that is ordinary. So if you want to be the powerful woman that you were born to be in every aspect of your life, then you have come to the right place. We are strong. We are wise. We will not apologize. We are here. We will thrive. Together we'll survive. We're better than a thing. And everything it takes. We are strong. We are wise. And together. Susie Orman here, and welcome to the Women and Money Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the stock market. No, no, don't freak out. I'm not going to get too technical on you, but you see me, and you say to me, Susie, what should I be doing? Should I be selling? Should I be buying? I'm so afraid, Susie, this is all the money I have. I don't know what to do. Tell me, Susie, what do you think's going to happen with the stock market? And I'm here to tell you, I have no idea, nor does anybody else really, because what you have to understand is that Anything can happen out there that affects the stock market. So it's not about what do I think about the stock market. It's about how does the stock market make you feel. Remember, the goal of money is to make you feel secure. And if this is your money, I don't care how much time, how what age you are, anything. All I care about is this. How does the stock market make you feel? You need to answer that question because if you are scared to death, scared to death, I'm here to tell you fear is one of the main internal obstacles to wealth. Oh, you will buy at the wrong time and you will sell at the wrong time. Now, how do I know that's true? Let me tell you a story. It was years and years ago in the 1980s when I first became a financial advisor and worked as a stockbroker. And when you're a stockbroker, when you're a financial advisor, you build what's called a book. And a book is people that become your clients. And you usually pick four or five stocks, whatever their your favorite stocks may be. And you put all of your clients in those stocks. So I started to realize, and this was before computers, I started to realize as I was writing in what's called my book, it was a black book. In fact, I wish I had saved it. Oh, anyway, as I was writing in the black book, every client that said, yes, they would buy 100 shares of XYZ stock at this price. 
And then we would sell it and I would see, did they make a gain? Did they make a loss? I would be able to tally every single one of those before, again, it was done automatically. And I started to notice that all the same people made money on that one stock and all the same people lost money on that stock. And then I started to look at my other stocks. And it turned out that, again, the people who lost money on that stock were all the same, and those that made money on it were the same. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? What's going on here? So I decided way back when to call all the clients. And here was the question that I asked them. I asked, when I called you and told you that I wanted you to buy XYZ stock, why did you buy it? And the ones that all had lost money on that stock told me, well, I was afraid to say no to you, Susie. I didn't want to hurt your feelings, so I just said yes. All the ones who made money on that stock, when I asked them that question, said to me, oh, I thought it was a great idea. It made total sense to me. Now, you may be wondering, how is it possible that if you buy a stock, some people make money and some people lose money? Here's how. You buy a stock for everybody at 30, and it goes down to 15. And all of a sudden, your phone is ringing, and many people are saying, sell the stock. I don't want it anymore. Sell the stock. Sell the stock. I don't care. I think it's going down even more. So you sell the stock for them, and they have lost money. But you don't hear from many of the other people, and you still like the stock as a financial advisor. So you're not going to call them and say anything. And then the stock goes from 15 to 17 to 30 to 50 to 100, and it keeps going up. So then you have people who maybe want to sell. They made money on that stock while others lost. Now, I hope that is clear to you. That is when I started to realize that fear, when you're afraid of something and you do something when you are afraid, you will buy at the wrong time and you will sell at the wrong time. And I have carried that lesson with me throughout my entire investing career in terms of advising people what they should do. Because I can tell you, no, it's okay, it's going to come back. But if you are afraid, you will end up selling. So I just need to know, because maybe uh, things have changed. Here you are. Did you relate to that? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I related to it. And I think, you know, when I first started dating Kevin, actually, he's a he's a CFA um, and he is uh, in private equity now, and he does lots of investing in stocks. And I didn't know much about it. I had done all the classic, normal things. I was ready to make some investments. And he said, okay, how about this stock? And I said, okay. Put $20,000 in an E-Trade account for him to buy said stock. And I didn't ask a lot of questions. I but when he, because- said, when he said to you, how about this stock? What did that little voice, you know, I always say to everybody, we all have this little voice. It's about our belly button in our stomach. And I actually think it's the voice of God telling us when to do something and when not to do something. When he said to you, let's do that, 
Was your little voice in your stomach saying, no, 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 I don't want to, no, it's not for me, whatever? Yeah, my little, and actually sounded like Susie, just so you know, every, <laughs> it sounded like you saying, don't do this. Uh, no, yeah, the voice said, no, don't do it. I didn't know enough. And I don't, I wish I understood why I felt fear in asking more questions. Um, but mm. I did, I felt fear. And, and I'll tell you, I feel like I'm in a really supportive relationship. He wasn't twisting my arm to do something. I just, I, I did it. And then guess what? The stock went down, 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 down. And this is in the early parts of our relationship. And I felt sick to my stomach even more than I originally did. And let me tell you, he felt pretty sick to his stomach. There's probably no worse a feeling. And I'm guessing you've had this feeling once or twice before. Losing somebody else's money yeah. is not a good feeling. Not a good feeling. Um, so guess what? I sold and I lost my $20,000. Gone. So you, know. you let it go almost all the way down to nothing. Yeah. And the stock came back, by the way. And, and did now Kevin sell his or did he keep no, it? No, he, he kept it because he believed in it. And he's like, he was trying to teach me this lesson that, listen, this is where I've been. He's been in the stock for a long time. And now the stock is doing really well. And he's, you know, 10x his money. That means 10 times everybody, right? And you lost. So that's what I'm talking about. So you've experienced it. When you do something out of fear, when you do something out of fear, you always sell at the wrong time and buy at the wrong time. So one way that you can get over that fear, if you have fear, is not put all your money into something all at once. You can take a sum of money that you feel comfortable with, $200 a month, $100 a month, whatever it may be, and just put that away in a diversified mutual fund. Again, when it comes to stocks, individual stocks, I'm asking you all to be very careful because to get true diversification, you should not have more than 4% of your money, in my opinion, in one stock. So you would need at least 25 stocks, individual stocks, for you to be diversified. And that may just be a little bit much for you. You know, Sarah, there's so many ways that we could go here. You know, when I think about stock market jitters, and you said something, you said, I must know what that feels like because, you know, you were a stockbroker, Susie, you lost people money, and I most certainly did. I gave them recommendations that went down, some went up, it's impossible not to. But you know what I realized about this stock market jitters is financial advisors get stock market jitters as much as anybody. Imagine yourself, you're a financial advisor, you're a stockbroker, and maybe you have, if, you have, if you're a really great one, you have 500, 1,000 clients. And the market now is going down and down and down. And now your phone is ringing off the hook with not just one person or two people, but hundreds of people saying, Susie, what should I do? What should I do? Oh my God. And you, your own money is invested in those stocks. Now, all of a sudden, their jitters, all of your clients' jitters have made you jittery because what if you're wrong? Are you right? So that is why you need a financial professional if you are using one that has been in this industry a long, long time. Somebody who has experienced 
down markets, up markets, down markets, up markets, and they now have perspective so that when everybody is calling them, they have the emotional maturity not to let other people's opinions affect what they know professionally about the investments that you are in. So I just want you to think about that. When you buy a mutual fund, you don't get to talk to the portfolio manager, the person who buys and sells the stocks within that mutual fund, because you would drive them crazy. But that's why if you are using a financial advisor, it's not just about should you be investing in the stock market or not, but who are you using who is also advising you about what you should be doing in the stock market? How long have they been doing this? You need to know their track record and their maturity and how they feel as well. That's a big deal because I used to call that the broker jitters. I saw it happening all the time when markets would crash around me. All the time I saw all their financial advisors going, oh my God, oh my God, I just got, you know, a hundred calls today. Now I'm just so confused. I don't know what to do. Well, I mean, I think it goes into everything. The, the thing about investing, you've told me this before, investing means you're going to be proactive with your money. Being proactive with your money means you're learning, you're paying attention, you're understanding where you're putting your money. And that was my big mistake. I didn't understand. I didn't ask any questions. I don't, I was afraid to ask questions, which is completely ridiculous. And now I learned from that lesson to ask a lot of questions about what I'm doing with my money. But it, more than just asking questions though, Sarah, you also have to be in touch with what you need from your money. You know, the truth of the matter is, and I always say this to people, so, so you listen to me, which is, if you have time on your side, because I'm going to say this again, if you need your money within three years, you need it for a down payment on a home, you need it to pay off your student loans, you need it to put a new roof on your house, you need it for whatever, you need it, and you need a lump sum of it, then that is not money that belongs in the stock market. So that is money that you really need to come out of the stock market, obviously check with your CPA first and make it safe and sound. You know, years ago, you didn't have a choice if you came out of the stock market because what were you going to do with your money? Interest rates were essentially at zero. Now you can get 2.2% or higher in certain savings accounts so you can stay safe and sound if you need to and not get 0%, but get a medium kind of interest rate on your money. But what's really important is if you have longer than three years, five years, 10 years, and you're okay, you're feeling secure, you should be wishing and a praying and a hoping that this stock market goes down and it goes down and it goes down and it goes down even further because the more it goes down, the prices of the shares of, let's say, your Standard & Poor's 500 index fund that you purchased goes down. The cheaper those shares get, the more shares your dollars buy every month when your dollar cost averaging. And the more shares that you have years from now, when the market does return, that's when you start to make money. So you just have to have a plan of action. Either the stock market is for you or it's not for you. 
Either you feel secure or you feel insecure. If you feel insecure, what actions can you take so that would make you truly feel secure, not pretend, but really, and then you know what to do. I just have to tell you one more story. KT drives me crazy. (laughs) Every time I invest in something and she invests her money as well, and it goes up dramatically, she says, sell it. Just sell it, Susie. We made good money. And I said, I am not selling it. I want to keep this because this is a stock that I want to own for the long run, not just for one year or two years. I want to own it for 10, 15, or 20 years. So I'm keeping it. And then whatever she would do, she would drive me crazy. So I don't allow her now to talk to me about the stocks that she has and the moves that she makes. She just has to do it on her own because her indecision and her fears start to merge into mine and then I start to make mistakes with my money. And so we keep that separate just so you know. Are you surprised to hear that? No, because I know that, well, first of all, I know your personalities and I know, I know the differences in them, but I also know how you guys have decided to do your finances, which by the way, is a whole nother episode that we need to get into <laughs> because I think you've got great advice for people on financial independence, which was, which was last week, but going forward, there's also a lot of topics around um, relationships too, that I think are really important that you can share love anecdotally. and money, love and money. We're going to have to, let's do something about that on Valentine. Oh, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So why don't we do this, Susie? We need to get questions from our, uh, our friends out there and, and not assume what they want to know, even though here's, what's going to happen. I just want to call this, this play on the field is we're going to get in all these questions and every single question Susie's going to say, I know that that's what they were going to ask. You could have just asked me those questions. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I did, I'm going to say that to you just to drive you crazy, just so you know. Ah, Welcome to the world of SO and SO. (laughs) (laughs) So, so. So, all right. Did you tell them yet? Are you going to tell them how to do this? I'm going to tell them again. You can email us at asksusiepodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail, 877-545-SUSIE, 877-545-SUSIE. And I think you all know this by now, but it's S-U-Z-E. And that's it. We'll uh, we'll talk on Thursday. See you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. We are strong. We are wise. We will not apologize. We are here. We will thrive. Together. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman is acting as a certified financial planner, advisor, a certified financial analyst, an economist, CPA, accountant, or lawyer. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman make any recommendations as to any specific securities or investments. All content contained in this podcast is for informational and general purposes only and does not constitute financial accounting or legal advice. You should consult your own tax, legal, and financial advisors regarding your particular situation. Neither Susie Orman Media nor Susie Orman accepts any responsibility for any losses which may arise from accessing or reliance on information in this podcast. And to the fullest extent permitted by law, we exclude all liability for loss, damages, direct or indirect, arising from the use of this information. The must-have documents discussed in this podcast are legal documents created by a lawyer and distributed 
by Hay House.